What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest more more cases, the more cast or CSG, whatever. Anyway, well, well, joining me on this podcast that I do, um, joining me today to celebrate, denigrate, and do whatever we need to do for the Nuggets trade deadline is uh, basically now someone who I should start paying to uh, be on this podcast is uh, my friend, the uh, loquacious Tim Miller. Hello, sir. Yeah, I'm I'm going for the cousin Sal role here on this <laughs> podcast. I think cousin Sal ends up getting paid now. At this point, he should be right. Uh, so anyway, I'm not going to shake you down. Um, but uh, I'm happy to be here. I've got a lot of feelings and emotions about the trade deadline. I want to share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we've been doing this whatever quarterly now, bi-yearly, whatever about it is. Th- about three times a year, yeah. we have a we have a podcast every about- trimester. We have we do okay. So I should I should clarify here. This is the Bulwarks Tim Miller, uh, and he uh, just recently wrote a book called Why We Did It. Um, obviously, better than my why my title, which would be my, Why Me Did It, um, which is probably why I uh, don't write books. Um, and it uh, it's available on Amazon. It's available wherever you get your books. Uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, I was going to say Borders, but no Borders no longer exists. Uh, so it's just everywhere you find your books. Go get Tim's book. Um, and it was a bestseller. Uh, I can't talk about that enough. Um, I have a best-selling author friend, which is, which is a feather in the cap for me. Tim, I, I appreciate that. that. I'm happy that <laughs> I'm happy that the you know accolades are kind of just spreading around me in like a little circle. They're touch everyone that I touch gets get feels like they're accoladed as well. I appreciate that. I just I just want some of your glow. That's all I want. I love um, that. So anyway, so we're here to talk about the Nuggets trade deadline. And um, to sum up, the Nuggets traded Davon Reed and three unprotected second round picks to the. Los Angeles Lakers to uh, get uh, Thomas Bryant, who was a backup center who was getting minutes. Um, and then he was not quite out of the uh, rotation, but was getting there with the Lakers. Um, famously, he was in boxing out and asking for the ball on uh, LeBron's uh, record breaking shot uh, to become the NBA's leading all time leading scorer, which is the funniest picture I've ever seen. And <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is him have that fame so if you've seen that picture that's thomas bryant uh and uh, the nuggets also traded bones highland uh to the los angeles clippers for two uh unpro- i think they're unprotected second round picks and so that's it that's literally all the nuggets did and so tim top line for you what was your thoughts coming away from that it was pretty. It was pretty pretty big downer, to be honest. I was. Yeah. I think that yesterday for me was um, just an, an emotional reaction about as down as I've been about the Nugs since the since Jamal's ACL injury. Um, you know, because it's been all uphill since then. Um, uh, slow uphill. Uh, slow recovery, um, of course, for Jamal. But um, uh, yeah. I, but I I think you know with a night to sleep on it. Uh, maybe that was an overreaction. Um, the Nuggets lackluster, lackadaisical performance in Orlando didn't really help the kind of vibes and the mood around the team after the right. trade deadline, I don't <laughs> think. So I think those things kind of um, uh, uh, piled on each other. Um, but uh, as far as um, 
you know, the uh, uh, maybe a more thoughtful response here uh, a day later. Um, still a little disappointing, but not it's not devastating. I mean, the 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 rotation for what was the playoff rotation really didn't change. Right. I mean, Bones was not going to be in the playoff rotation in any meaningful way. So the disappointment comes with, well, there was some hope that we could get more. Uh, There's there's some hope that we could get more from Bones, um, you know, going forward. Right. That like just like and just to get rid of him for nothing. That stings. Um, Then with Phoenix getting KD, which we'll talk about, I think that there was maybe a feeling that that there was a little more required from this trade deadline in order mm-hmm. to take advantage of this magical Jokic year and this little window. So like those two factors played into it, but like as a practical matter, the rotation didn't really change. Um, Bryant, I think will be, we can talk about Bryant more in depth, but I think that that's the only way that it did change in certain matchups. I think he'll be much more useful than, than um, Deandre Jordan was right. So it's a right. little bit additive. Probably Bryant's probably more likely to get playoff minutes than bones would have been right. So in some right. ways there is a, a marginal addition, um, but, you know, a little bit frustrating because I, I think that we wanted there to be more. Um, I, I would have loved, you know, you're looking at that Clippers trade and you're like, man, two seconds. Like we couldn't get one of their wings who isn't playing. You know, you couldn't get a Robert Covington out of that. It's somebody that, you know, again, isn't going to change the complexion of this team. But 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 could we get somebody that could play eight minutes against KD in a playoff series and, and have one more defender to throw at him instead of two seconds, that would have been nice. A roster spot did get opened up. So I think potentially there could be a buyout person. We can talk about that. So that's my main thing. And, and I guess my final other big picture take is, is that um, I do feel like Calvin's playing a little bit with fire. Like this is now a very tight rotation. Um, you know, there's not really a ton of room for, um, you know, filling, you know, next man up if there's an injury, particularly on the wing, particularly on the full, you know, particularly on the wing, right? So if you lose a porter for a playoff series, like all of a sudden you are really, really thin now um with this team as far as as people that can that can defend KD in particular, um, but also as, as scoring options, right? And and so I, that's the thing that worries me the most. Like is this eight, nine, whatever you call it, man unit. Um, still as good as it was on Monday. Yep, maybe a little bit better. But um, but in a year that you really hope that this could be the year, um, you know, they, they didn't leave a lot of room for air and they didn't really do anything to kind of shore up any of the areas of concern. So that that's my big picture. That's my more reasoned, not emotional, want to cut myself take, which was yesterday afternoon. Had we taped this podcast yesterday afternoon? <laughs> How about you? You did you very good. I mean, I I I kind of wish we would have taken done this yesterday afternoon though, because I think the fiery takes for me in particular would have been big. Um, here's my top line. Um, the Calvin Booth has made a couple critical mistakes that you didn't think they would be mistakes at the time, but now are coming back home to roost. Um, first of them of which was selecting Peyton Watson with the uh second first round pick they had this year. Um, they completely wasted a roster spot. They just, they, they, there's just no way to get around that. They have a player they never intended to play this year who was a project guy who is taking up a roster spot. I mean, if they would have selected him in the second round, they had no guaranteed roster spot and they could have kept him at the, in the G League all year, maybe put him on a, a two-way, who knows? But that that critical, critical mistake caused them to have to try to free up a roster spot for the buyout market. 
which in, in turn is basically why I would say the only reason why Davon Wright, who wasn't contributing at all, basically, um, why they have to get rid of him and then get rid of Bones. Um, this and they got Colin Gillespie, who is you know second round pick and doesn't is not get quote unquote guaranteed a roster spot on on the Nuggets. That's number one. Number two. And Can I just add one really quick thing that's on right the Peyton ahead. Watson thing? That's another element to that. Yeah. Um, because I think Calvin's been great. This is a, a really fair nitpick or legit complaint, actually, not a nitpick. The the other thing that they gave up in that deal is a 27 first. Right. You know, and right. so so again, now it's like, well, with bones and a first, could you have been able to get something else, right? Like something that might be more useful in a playoff series. Um, they didn't have any first to trade. Uh, so again, hypothet- I, I think that that Watson thing was kind of a double whammy, right? It's the roster spot and because of the way the stepping rule or whatever it is where you can't trade in consecutive years that they, they were they were handcuffed on their firsts. So so you lose a roster spot and, and a first as an asset. Um, and, and so I, I think that they that really kind of hamstrung them, you know, from two directions there. Well, and, it, and, and mostly because they used, uh, you rarely see a, com, a t- contending team use two first round picks on young players. That is, that's a very rare thing. Usually they're trade bait, right? And um, it was fascinating to see the Nuggets do this and then do it on a, and use one of the picks on a player who is never going to play. Um, and there's where my frustration lies. Um, secondly, is the Bones deal. And I, I will get into my very big frustration with the infrastructure around the Denver Nuggets in relation to this. But with Bones, um, his value went from very good to nada within a week to two weeks. And some most of that's on Bones and some of that is on the Denver Nuggets. Um, and they did not help things in this regard and where I believe they messed up was the last two weeks. The perception was they were trying to trade him. They completely lost all their leverage. Bones was obviously projecting that he wanted to be traded. It was a confluence of circumstances that I will get into later that created the situation that the nuggets were in where they had to essentially salary dump him to the to the Los Angeles Clippers. This is this is what that trade was. This was and a no they're trying to spin it as a just addition by subtraction. A roster which dump. Is, basically it's like Bones your two million bucks is no longer on this roster. Um you know Thomas Bryant probably will not resign with this team later so the nuggets are basically saving themselves four million here uh five million so if if you if you go on by that metric that's good thomas bryant may or may not contribute i don't i don't even know how much michael malone will play him that's going to come out in the wash we just we do not know as i think they know we know by now that he tends to prefer to prove uh to prefer zeke and the versatility he has with Blackco. But we saw something last night that I want to get into, which is that second unit, even with Jamal, has a hard time scoring. And it is not exactly what you would call an offensive unit. It is very much a Michael Malone trust defensive unit. Nuggets didn't help themselves in that way. However, top line, Tim, the Nuggets didn't hurt themselves. 
in relation to what the Phoenix Suns did and getting Kevin Durant, everything is colored by that now. And I think you both, you and I will admit, our perception of yesterday was colored by the Durant move. To, well, to obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, both of you and I are thinking like, oh, fuck. This is like, uh, how? I mean, like Durant is the unguardable. And unless you have Jason Tatum, and this has been an issue that the the Nuggets have always had with Kevin Durant. So you're like, okay, that's a problem. And you also, have I mean, the Devin. Nuggets struggle to guard Brandon Ingram, right? You know, who like <laughs> is a is a homeless man's version of Durant, <laughs> Durant. right? And so, like, uh, I mean, that uh, tells you, right? And 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 again, that goes to the the trade thing yesterday, where it's like, well, at least there's Covington, there's Boston, right? There's somebody in the Clippers, right? Is there something to do there? Because Gordon. Uh, well, I know one can guard Kevin Durant, right? So there's that. But I mean, Gordon could be at least serviceable. But the problem is there's a difference between just acknowledging that Durant is kind of an unguardable unicorn, which is true, and saying, okay, but still, there's a difference between having somebody that like can plausibly slow him down and not having anyone. And the Nuggets have one person, Aaron Gordon, that plausibly can. And so he's got to play every minute with Durant. And and there's no, if he gets in foul trouble, if he tweaks a knee, like there's nobody. You know, this is to the, to use as a Jokic parallel, the Clippers, right, added Plumlee yesterday, which is like not, you wouldn't think that's a huge ad. But, but as you look at their matchup with Jokic, they go from being a team that has nobody that can even plausibly guard Jokic and that go, Jokic just eats them up completely. So now yeah. they've got Zubac and Plumlee. At least you can throw some bodies at them. Maybe you can slow it down. And I think the Nuggets still own the Clippers. But but right, I mean, that's what you're hoping for is, is there anything you can do just on the margins to help slow them down? And the Nuggets don't, like, that's an area of weakness for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just, it doesn't look, I don't think that the buyout market is the place to solve that. No, um, the buyout market, uh, unless Danny Green gets bought out by uh, where do you yeah, go, sure. Houston? I mean, it, it, unless he gets bought out there, Danny Green's know. not guarding Kevin Durant. I mean, but sure, maybe he yeah. can play a couple minutes of the offense. That, that solves some of your, your other issue right yeah. here with losing bones. To your point, mm-hmm. is the is the bench scoring? Even with Jamal is a problem, and and so you know, could Danny Green? you know, maybe be at least in one game or two games in a playoff series, an injection of offense. Sure. Like that's probably worth looking into um, because, you know, the lineup as it is, is going to really struggle to score. Um, Now, again, I don't think Bones was going to play. And I think if we got to a point in the series where the bench was struggling to score so much that Bones was playing, that's then Nuggets were probably on a path to L in that series anyway. (laughs) But still, it's it's a reality that you... You kind of dumped your only bench scoring and, and replaced it with nothing. You know, at some level, when I saw the Thomas Bryant news, I thought, man, maybe they are sticking with Bones because that bench unit could have probably put up some points. It would have been a bigger a defensive liability, but at least you would have had an option to go to a bench unit that could score if you had Bones and, and Bryant in a rim running pick and roll. That that you know conceivably that could have at least created some offense. Now, huge sacrifice on defense. Obviously, the the Bruce Brown, Christian Brown. You know, Flacco, Zeke, whatever defense is going to be much, much superior. I, I, I mean, some of this is some of this is nitpicky, and I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat my emotions here because we saw a seismic trade, and that doesn't happen nine times out of ten. The deadline has some okay and good trades, but nothing like Kevin Durant going from 
uh, from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns. Um, that that obviously is not something that you can count on every single year uh, in the NBA. So I, I'm fully cognizant of that. And I'm also cognizant of the fact that uh, it takes teams a while to gel. And this might not be a situation. I mean, it took the, the the Warriors probably about, I don't know, 20, 20, 25 games to figure out how to play with Curry and uh, Durant when back when he went there uh, in 2016. So, but by I'm, the way, nitpicking, I mean, a Suns Nuggets series could be a series that's decided by a couple points. Right. I, right. You know what I mean? So I, I nitpicking, I, I hear you. Yeah. Yes. We're nitpicking. And yes, you know, our rage yesterday was probably a little over, you know, overcooked, yes. but like, but still the reality is the reality that the, the Suns picked up Kevin fucking Durant and uh, you know, maybe they, you know, and when you have these windows, you know, maybe you do need to to do something around the edges that that might only help on the margins, but that that might be a meaningful margin. You know, if if the, if you know comes down to to a seven game playoff series against them. Yeah, and we'll see because the Nuggets are what four games up still in uh, on first in the West. Their t- schedule gets a lot tougher after the All Star break. Um, and we'll see what kind of effect that has post all-star break. Uh, I didn't like the vibe of the team last night. It was over it and exhausted and Jokic had like eight, nine turnovers. It was, it was insane. It was just, it, it just, they did, they didn't look like themselves. They looked like a team that was sick of the deadline, you know, and that, that happens. I always call it deadline hangover, but at the same time, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put too much weight into it because obviously of those, those factors, my issues largely are based on the fact that even before this, this, uh, I, I had Ryan Blackburn on, uh, on the podcast on Monday and, uh, his, he calls it the Midwest and because it was, it was, um, largely mediocre conference before the trade deadline <laughs> unfortunately a bunch of teams got better <laughs> at the deadline uh, even the clippers you know they got they uh made a couple deals they got mason Plumley, which uh i can tell you the nuggets did have their eye on um they did have their eye on, and i think Plumley is is would have made a significant difference if they were able to get him but uh the the conference got better and the nuggets added thomas bryant and the margin for error got a lot thinner and i think that's the best way that you and i can probably look at this is that the moves that were made behind them were significant enough to make the conference that much more difficult going forward yeah and you know again there were some other um people on the market you know i mean the 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 sixers for example you know, upgrade from Matisse Teibel to Jalen McDaniels. I, like Jalen McDaniels is the type of guy that I think, again, on the edges would have helped in the Nuggets rotation off this bench where you're where, the, where there's going to be big scoring droughts. Somebody that's a dynamic wing and he's not guarding KD either, right? None of these are the magic pill for, you know, solving KD. But, um, I, you know, that is the other part that's just a little bit fr- frustrating. It's like then. I think that what is undergirding all this is not only did the rest of the conference get not maybe not the rest of the conference because I was 
I was worried that Memphis or and New Orleans were going to make big moves too, or the Kings even could have made a big move, and none of them really did. So, you know, some of the the Suns were really the main one, and and you know, on the margins, the LA teams got better. Um, but you know, so what's undergirding this is yes, the Suns get better, but also. I mean, I don't know, man. We text all the time during these games. I mean, this team is feet was feeling it was feeling like this mm-hmm. was going to be the year for the right. finals. I mean, the West was wide open. the The Nuggets were playing so well and so and and uh, uh, you know together. Um, you know, it just was one of those things where like everything was clicking early in the year. There are these bad wins, you know, the, the record was good, but the wins didn't feel good. Like for the last month or six weeks, like the wins have felt really good. You know, the schedule has been pretty tough. Actually, it's been a lot of home games, but, but really high level competition. They've been, they've had a lot of wins against really strong teams that you would see in the playoffs. So that gives you confidence. It's like, Oh yeah, we can win at home against Memphis. We can win at home against Celtics, right? We can win at home against these good teams. Um, And so, when you see that, and this is a team that's never been to the finals, right? That us long suffering fans, you know, right. just like the one time, the two times we've been in the Western Conference finals, it's like the bubble. And then, you know, against that amazing, you know, Lakers, Kobe Gasol team, we could go back and relive all that. Like maybe we should have, right. could have been able to win that series, but still it never really felt like we never felt at least during my Nuggets fandom, I've never felt like. I really think we kind of not only could, but should make the finals. Right. 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 Then to go from that to having this big KD move um, hanging over you, understanding that KD and CP3 are old, understanding that it takes time to gel. You know, it's not like we're dead now, but but you just you want to you do everything you can when you got this chance, right? You want to just do everything you can when 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 the lane looks so open for you, and and it kind of feels like that that isn't what they did right right and that's the frustrating part well i think that some of this about the bones thing not finding a role too it makes you frustrated at bones it's like man why are you why are you such an ass about all this like there's several yeah. people around that you, that it's just it's kind of like man it's a little bit of a downer like this should be yeah you know the magic season i i'll i'll i think there's a difference in reactions to people who have been nuggets fans for a long time like you and me and people who probably came on board in the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe even less than that. Um, and and, and, and we, I have to acknowledge, at least for myself, that I get influenced by uh, extraneous things like most Nuggets fans do, because there's always that waiting for the shoe to drop thing yeah. uh, that we have. Like, there's always going to be something. There's going to be something that happens. And the Durant move felt like a something that happened, you know, it was just like, Oh, I'm like, we're just, we're just there. And uh, you start getting frustrated. That was a little bit of yesterday. And that's not so much today. My frustrations today center around the group think that we create Um, Tim and I speak frequently uh, as he pointed out, and he'll hear things that um, uh, I'm not allowed to repeat publicly. And I got to thinking about this in relation to Bones and what happened and all the stuff that I was hearing about and all this stuff that was not reported on relentlessly because I'm not technically Nuggets Media anymore. And I got to thinking, is is, is this really a win? It's not necessarily a negative, but is this really a win? Do we have to set a narrative 
that is about the team succeeding in getting two second round picks for a guy they selected in the first round. I, I, I can't set that in my mind and maybe it's me returning to a fan. So maybe I'm relying on you as my, as my counselor here, but it's like, is, is there, is there, is there an, an, a way that we can like uh, logically look at something like this and say, it wasn't a win. It's not fatal. It's not bad, but we can't spend two second round picks for a first round pick that you had all a bunch of hopes and like a year and a half after you draft him as some sort of victory for the team. No, and and the bones thing follows a classic sports spin cycle. Um, we do this in politics too, right? Campaign manager gets fired, campaign's not going well. Campaign manager gets fired, and it's like, ooh, you know. And then after the day two story is, ooh, what you guys didn't know behind the scenes is that the it was the campaign manager who made these bad calls, right? Or the, the strategy, you know? Yeah, yeah it's 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 your post game thing, and and you get that in sports too, right? Bones gets traded, and it's like, ooh, now we can tell you just how much of a cancer he was in the locker room, just how bad his attitude was when he got benched. Um, and okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe that, uh, but you know, I, we, I also, you, you can't tell me not to believe my lying eyes. I mean, bones and Jamal, you know, which is the, what underlies all this, that like they just couldn't make it work. And, and, and maybe they couldn't make it work on the court. I don't know. But they're sitting on the bench laughing with each other the last mm-hmm. two games. I mean, mm-hmm. they can't hate each other that much. I, you know, I've right. seen we, – we've seen bench vibes where the people actually hate each other, you know. Um, maybe they're faking it uh, a little bit. But, okay, I, it seems like they you can fake it till you make it. You don't have to love every coworker you have. Um, maybe – it could, the program could have worked more if there was a different person staggering with him, right? Maybe it's, it was an on-court thing. It's not just Bones and Jamal, right? Like, could Bones and Aaron Gordon and, and and you know, could that have worked? Maybe it couldn't have worked. I don't know. They didn't feel like they really tried that. Um, you know, isn't it, it – the guy's only been here a year and a half. I mean, isn't it Malone's obligation and, and Jokic and the leaders on the team to be like, bro – we're first in the West. Like, chill out. Like, it's cool. You're going to get minutes. You're on a four-year deal. Like, it's, again, it'd be one thing if it was like, like, Bones a free agent this year. He's pissed. He needs his minutes. He's got to get paid. You know, he's got to pay, you know. Uh, I get I get that. So sports the business. But mm-hmm. that wasn't the case. He's in year two. Yeah. You know, he's got he's got another year and then, a, and then whatever, a team or a player option. I forget which one. But so there's two more years on the contract. So... I mean, you can't just talk him into like, can we buy in, get a championship here? You can be a spark plug off the bench. And so, you know, there's, like we said, this this bench team unit doesn't have any offense. Some nights it's not going to be working. You're not going to play every night. I'm sorry. We get it. That sucks. But, you know, you're year two. Um, I, I, and, or maybe they trade him at the end of the year, right? Like I, it, it definitely doesn't. And, and, you know, it doesn't feel like the options were exhausted and it doesn't feel like they maximized the asset management here um and some of that's on bones right storming off the court not coming back some of that's on bones and some of that is kind of like calvin and malone and all them got put in a shit situation i get that but like some of it's also on the org to try to make it work i you know and um and so i i don't think that you're wrong that like it's it's hard to spin this as just a positive especially and especially when you also when you look at the salary situation you're talking about as a salary dump but like we need people on bone style contracts Right. We're, we've got three max guys, you know, like you need people on those contracts and, and you, right. and you had them for another couple of years. So, so no, uh, it's not good. Uh, again, does it really matter as far as the playoffs? Probably not. Probably not. 
not I wouldn't say definitely not, but probably not, you know, because Bones probably wasn't gonna play. But um, but but it still is not great. It's still no. you can't you can't pitch it as addition, but it's only addition by subtraction if you're making it on the theory of like bones would have been an active cancer on the bench, and maybe it would have been. I don't maybe. know, but like, but I I can just I can just tell you him and Jamal are laughing yesterday, so I don't know. I'm I here's my here's my thing. A couple things I'm going to reveal to people here from what I knew. Bones's frustration began long before he stormed off the court, and. It really, really, the crux of it was the stagger with Jamal, where he and and Singer did actually comment on this on his uh, on his in his article. He mentioned where, in the article, yeah, yeah, uh, where he's he's talking about how the stagger with Jamal very, very pretty much caused Bones to not be the player that he was before. Um, people have likened this to the Yusuf Nurkic thing. Um, let me tell you something about the Yusuf Nurkic thing. That was poor management by malone in that case the the communication was terrible uh that that and nurkic made his own bed became a big baby um and all that stuff and a lot of that was different but the similarities are rocking off the court and trying to leave at halftime and um and all that stuff that that, that those were the similarities um the difference here was Bo- bones was uh, unlike your nurkic who after that was basically exiled to a uh you know site you know just just the farthest the darkest corner um bones was on the bench and did get in a couple games after that after malone came back um but the frustration was and if we're going to boil it down to it between Jamal and bones and when it breaks down like that, it's always going to go to the guy who has been here longer and is the star. That is where the origin is. That's where the, the start is. That is where the frustration on Bones's part originated. And then that it spun out into greater fr- locker room frustrations. It was a cascading series of events that suddenly got worse when bones left the court and obviously you got to do something after that bones leaving. But as far as the public, by the way, up until that point, no one knew, no one had any clue. No one had any idea. There was frustrations behind the scenes, particularly from bones's part. Right. And uh, obviously David Adelman being the coach at the time and him, Basically, he made a couple of decisions that were pretty brash for an interim coach. Benched Mike for a fourth quarter, Michael Porter Jr. Basically benches Bones for doing that stuff. I don't care. To be it kind of worked, though. Wasn't it he worked. undefeated? Adelman might have been undefeated. I think it was two and one. <laughs> and which is good for an interim coach, right? Um, and it better than um, what's his name? Popeye Jones last year, you know, um, and obviously that's okay. I mean, I, that, that but didn't bother you, but that was part of the series of events that led up to this point for the public's perception. This was just a sudden thing because that bones leaving the bench was what three weeks ago. And, and it's just like, boom, like that. And then suddenly he's toxic and cannot get off the bench. And I think in that sense, the organization probably should have handled it a little better, but I think they did what they could to keep a a distraction not there. But the post part of this is don't 
don't give us chicken shit until it's chicken salad, right? Then that's the, that's the problem. There is, there's no way to spin this to make it so we got something. Well, no. Second round picks were being traded like potato chips at a weed convention yesterday. Okay. There is no way you can spend the two second round picks or anything but a dump. You can't, you know, unless you got five, like in the case of uh, uh, a couple players who were traded yesterday for five second round picks, you know, it's just, I, it, it is what it is. I, I, I'm, I'm venting. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're right, though. It's a dump. And um, so but but no, the, uh, sure. There's a lot of turd polishing happening. Um, uh, and and, you know, and maybe like, again, it's one of those things where three years ago, who cares? You know, it's Jokic. even last year, you know, it's not the playoffs aren't going to happen. You've got these injuries like you don't need to tinker on the edges. But um but man, it feels like you should be able to get the least value of somebody that could conceivably help. Right. If someone goes down in a series, you know, if someone if someone tweaks a tweaks an ankle and is out for a few games, the 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 the, the rotation is super super tight now. It's a good rotation. Mm-hmm. Team's been great. Rotation as it is, might this it might be enough. And and you know, I, Chris Paul was looking washed last year. Uh you know, KD has had a lot of injuries. Not that I'm hoping for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, you know, his bald head and like who knows, right? Uh, and Phoenix gave up a lot of their depth. Phoenix bench is not looking. Uh, uh, you know, Phoenix bench isn't exactly going to be lighting things on fire either. I'm sure they're going to be staggering KD and, and Booker though. But um, uh, so you know, it's not as if like oh, all is lost. Oh, you know, and so that's why this is not really comparable to 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 Murray's ACL injury, right? I mean, I, I think right, that right. they're still number two in the West when it comes to betting odds, and and I think that you know, basically, if you look at the West right now, you probably put Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, and us in a in a in a bowl and you know maybe maybe phoenix has you know a few more ping pong balls and maybe memphis gold state have a couple fewer but it's pretty close right like it's right. i think that anyone that anyone that told me i'm from the future and one of those four teams won the west i i would i would think that's that's realistic I, i'm not really seeing it after that um but um so you know they're still in this in a way that they haven't really been ever i, I mean like I literally ever Right. right. That, that's the thing that's so fucking frustrating. Can I can I uh, can I reveal one other thing about myself and Nug Life to you? Go ahead. Um you're like you it's almost unbelievable. Um maybe a week ago I just woke up one morning and I was looking at the standings and I was like, Man, thank God. I literally I had this thought in my head and I and I went to I I sent a voice message to my brother about this. I was like, Thank God that Brooklyn kept it together. You know, because I'm just really thinking right now, like the biggest threat to us not winning the West is that had is Brooklyn just blowing it up and like they're in fourth and they're close enough. And so it's just like, boy, we got lucky with that. I I swear to you, Jeff, it was like three hours later that Kyrie trade demand happens. I, I was like. I, I was like, the, it was the biggest jinx in the history of jinxes. I don't, I, I can't, I mean, I'm a, I'm a human jinx. Um, my, an old boss used to call me the cooler. Um, so I have, a, I have a long history of jinxes, uh, but I, I didn't, I, you know, I mean, I've never had anything like that happen to me in my life. So, so as much as Bones is responsible, as much as Calvin and Malone maybe could have, you know, done a little bit better. 
I feel I also feel responsible. And so that guilt is all is weighing on me in this in this conversation. Well, just I mean, so you know, I, I mean, apologize. Psychic guilt is is we, 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 we don't acknowledge that on the more cast. You don't need to <laughs> you, you don't need to you don't need to acknowledge that because, quite frankly, the, the nuggets don't need that. It just happens to them. I mean, there's it just it, it, there's no cut, no no one cause. It's just part of the organization. Um, I will say this though, and I do to, to bring us back to some positivity. Yeah, as I got a little, and I apologize because I, I just I I get frustrated. I I'm gone back to fan Jeff, and yeah. I I I am. And anyone who's listening to this, I, you're hearing the fan. You know, I still have people who talk to me all the time within the Nuggets and without the Nuggets and all over the NBA. I, I get it, and but I am no longer media. I'm not there, and that uh, does give me a little bit more freedom to be the bitchy Nuggets fan I always yeah. was. And we so, deserve a moment to just <laughs> vent our fan frustrations. You know, I mean, God, it's been long enough. Can't we just? Can't we just have nice things? Can't we just have a fucking winner? You know, right. it's painful. It's painful. But it, but I, I'm hoping my other positive is it will be like I just keep telling myself like, man beaten the suns would just be so ripe i don't know that i have a level of hate like I, as as you get older you know i've got a child now I, you don't you don't you can never recapture the hate for teams that you had as a child you know and like mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. like my hatred for those red wings teams you know when i was in 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 middle school and the, and the abs and red wings were in that rivalry my hatred for like iserman and all those assholes was just pure <laughs> as as white colombian cocaine i mean it was just pure <laughs> as the snow right like my hatred for them ran deep and there was no you know i didn't think about them as humans or you know right. i didn't think about the life journey i just loathed them I've, I'm I'm pretty close to recapturing that for um for the Sun Squad. You know, you have a fucking mortgage lender that buys the team for four billion. Like it's like it's not like you've created anything or any wealth or anything good. It was for society. Like you're a fucking mortgage lender. You you somehow have made four billion. You bought this team from a racist piece of shit. And now you've got like dirty CP3 and 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 Durant demanding his trade from the third you know third fucking time he's tried to move to move himself to a fancier team because he couldn't do it on his own and Booker uh, and his Kardashians I mean my I've just my hate level for the for the Suns is is getting to to like a nice place um so that's that's a little bit i know that might not seem like a silver lining because it, but it is because you know yeah. that the, if if we were to be successful the joy level i think would be higher than 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 it might have been otherwise well well let's, it, it was hard for me to build up this hate against the Steph and the and Ja and the Pels, you know, like right. that when you know that though it was hard for me to kind of build that up, but for the Suns, no, my hate will be there. Well, I'll I'll tell you this on the good side of this, uh, my friend, is that the the, the Suns gave up all their defense. <laughs> <laughs> in, yeah, in the trade they gave up Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, who, by yeah. the way, was the reason that Jay Crowder was sitting. 
Right. <laughs> Which is uh, now they both get traded together. Now I wish we could have got Cam. That's another example, by Cam the way, of something they could have done on the edges. Could we have snuck him back? Man, that would have been nice. Oh, you know, God. from the sun from the nets. They don't need all those guys, all those wings. But anyway. well, yeah, what are they gonna do with all these? And I mean, they got nothing but wings now. I mean <laughs> it's that's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're tanking is what they're doing. Um, so on the flip side of this, um, you were talking about hate. I used to hate the jazz like that in the, the mid-90s jazz. Oh, I couldn't stand yeah. it. them and their sanctimonious fans. I just could yeah. not stand them. And it's nice to have a team that you can't stand again. And like the Suns are like that. And, and uh, to be honest, a lot of the NBA hates the Phoenix Suns right now. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of it has to do with Chris Paul. Um, but it's like, sure. I, I mean, I, I'll take that. And, and quite, quite frankly, to spin this back to positive, where my mind frame at is now, Mr. Miller. Yeah. Is look, the Nuggets are in a position where they have to tough it out. There was no miracle pill to get them to where they could be to have a guy, one guy who could guard Kevin Durant or compete with that firepower. There's just, there's just nothing unless they were going to trade Jamal and people are talking about Mike. Mike does not have that trade value. He just, no. he has a big contract. And and even if he did, by the way, we need Mike's offense, like trading Mike for OG. People were saying that yesterday. I was like, you think that's going to be the answer? Uh, you know, I don't OG. OG got so overvalued after a while. I was like, OG can't shut down Durant. So now we're good to give. We're now we're getting a guy who can like maybe slow Durant down a little bit and giving up Mike's offensive firepower. I don't right. know. I mean, Siakam, come back to me if you're like, okay, if we could have gotten Siakam, then maybe you're talking. Right. But 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 it's but they're just the man. There was no move like that. There was no move. Yeah. With all my frustrations with yesterday, and it was mostly due to the fact that there was the spin afterwards that it was addition by subtraction and somehow getting two second round picks. It was some sort of miracle. Um, the 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 flip side of that is that the Nuggets are in a position where they have to prove it. Right. They There is there's there's and this keeps with my season of no excuses from before. There's no excuses for anyone on this roster. There's no excuses for Michael Malone. There's no excuses for anyone in the front office. There's no excuses for anyone. This is the team that you are built with and that who was the number one seed in the West as of February 10th, right? So you got to go out and prove it and you got to go do it now. And it's not going to be easy. And I think in a, some way, this is actually going to be beneficial for the Denver Nuggets. As much as I was worried about the Durant thing, this will actually, I think, be benefit as, as opposed to yesterday which was them sleepwalking through orlando um i think they can do it and because their next game is against a obviously tanking charlotte team okay good get back on the winning beam there you'll be able to um rack up some wins before the the all-star break and you know what second part or the the, the little bit of the schedule after the all-star break we'll see what happens and if the nuggets can maintain that first seed i like their chances because they are really fucking good at home and if they are able to keep that and have that advantage throughout the playoffs i i think i'm still give the nuggets great chance to make the finals yeah and the suns are eight games back so it's like you'd have to really really tank to 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 look to drop below them so you're really looking at the grizzlies grizzlies you know added luke canard which was a nice little add on the on the margins just a, a little shooting but Okay, so maybe you know you have to worry about them, but you might get into a situation if they don't, you know, sleepwalk through this next month like they did in Orlando, where you're you're keeping guys fresh. 
also mm-hmm. for the playoffs, right? And 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 so I mean that's that's a that's a best case scenario, and you know where you've got a lot of miles getting put on, um, you know the old knees of KD and CP3, and and right. so so TBD. Okay, well, um, I I made a promise to not keep Tim for two hours, and we we we're all just under an hour. So before I let you go. Sir, you have anything going on with you? Promote uh, anything uh, with uh, you? Because, you know, you do about nine podcasts and you write, you know, a, a column and you do this not my party thing. Is there anything else you're doing? <laughs> no, I've got a lot of hats, but yeah, no, come hang out at the Bulwark, download our podcasts, you know, like our YouTube page. It always helps. All that stuff helps. Um, I've got the next level podcast on the YouTube. We're going to start doing that maybe two times a week. I might start doing interview shows. So, so stay tuned for that. And um, I'm just, you know, I, I've got a lot of league pass ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a lot of mental prep. I'm hoping that this doesn't, my father was like, Ooh, does this change your plans for when you're coming to Denver? Because I was, you know, telling him I wasn't coming to the Western Conference Finals. He's like, you know, I don't know now. They might, you, you might have to come in an earlier round. And I was like, don't you be negative. Like, I'm still not coming back to the Conference Finals. And and the other silver lining with this is the Nuggets' odds have gotten a little better again since the Suns leapfrogged them. And I've been putting money on on Nuggets against various Eastern Conference opponents, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and for the finals, in the orders to hopes that one of them hits as a payday which I can then repurpose for, for tickets to kind of come back to Denver for the finals. So I'm hoping to be in Denver a bunch. We can hang, we can hang out, get some beers with the listeners of the Mordcast, And, um, you know, on a, on a sunshinier day, you know, once, uh, once the nuggets have turned the corner and, and age and the actuarial tables have come for Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, <laughs> God willing. You 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 say we should meet up, but but there's a curse between us. So I, I, I there is a curse. <laughs> we, Tim and I have tried to meet many times, mm-hmm. and something has happened every single time. But uh, this will actually happen because I I'm I'm you know like forget forget just just everything else that has gone on. The the basic fact is we have a Nuggets team who is that I think this is the latest they have ever been the number one seed uh ever in their history uh aside from their aba years this is the this is the first time and that in itself makes this team different that in itself makes this team mm-hmm. unusual and uh better so fingers yeah, there's crossed the, there's you know? the old uh there's the old phil jackson line about the real contenders you know that the the, the teams that uh win 40 before they lose 20 yeah, and um, I got to tell you that is a short list this year. That's going to be the Celtics, the Bucks, um, and hopefully the Nuggets, as long as they you know win two before they lose two here, and uh, you know maybe lump the Suns into that. So it's Jokic's been magical. So mm-hmm. it's gonna we're we're gonna blue skies ahead, Jeff. We're just we're blue just skies. we're just we're just dropping the, the negativity about the we trade are. deadline. Blue skies are here. We got it all out. It's yeah. on record, and. Um, you know, we didn't trade Rudy Gobert for five five picks for Rudy Gobert. We did not. You know, things could be, things could, <laughs> things be, worse. could be worse. Sorry, sorry, Tim. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, this is I'm going to call this the Ventcast, and uh, right. we're going to I'll I'll put this up. So anyway, uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Miller here. I appreciate 
for his try. I think it's triannual at this time because you're on at the beginning of the year, middle of the year, and end of the year. We'll see you in the playoffs. So we'll get it in the playoffs. So anyway, thank you all for uh, listening in, and uh, I'm going to be back next week with another episode. Goodbye. <laughs>